Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. Today we're going to talk with Coach Harvey Hyde about USC football. Uh, another week of USC fall camp in the books, we want to talk about that. we got a lot of questions from you. Speaking of questions, if you have any questions for us on the Peristyle Podcast for Coach, for Dan, for Gerard, for myself, uh, Shotgun, Keeley, anybody, you can email us, podcast at uscfootball.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail by calling 641-715-3900, extension 816-646, or our website, peristylepodcast.com. You can leave a voicemail right from there. Click on the left side of the page. We will get your voicemail, play it on the air, and do our best to answer your questions. You can subscribe to the, the podcast on iTunes. We have our own URL, itunes.com slash peristylepodcast. We're on Google Play. We're on Audio Boom. We're on Stitcher. A lot of different ways to get a hold of the show. Uh, but yeah, without further ado, I want to bring in the coach, Harvey Hyde. You can follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde. What's up, Coach? How are you doing? Buddy, I'm doing great. Uh, here we go again. Another week uh, closer to the opening game. Not only the USC game, but college football weekend. Uh, Labor Day weekend can't get any better. I tell you, it's going to be exciting. There's going to be a lot of things Decided early in the year when UCLA at Texas A&M, USC down at, uh, well, down at Dallas to play uh, Alabama. A lot of great matchups, uh, Wisconsin, LSU. I mean, it goes on and on and on, but I know people aren't here to hear the schedule. They're here to talk football. They are here to talk some football, and it is an awesome opening weekend. Really the best that I can remember uh, and you know, since I've been following college football, uh, really so many good games. And of course, two of the top five programs of all time, 10, uh, USC and Alabama are playing each other. So that should be a good one. Um, wanted to thank our sponsor before we jump in Southern California tickets, go to sctickets.com. Give them a call at 1-800-888-7287. If you need tickets for anything here in Southern California or across the country, uh, probably don't want to see an Angels game right now if you're in LA, but you know, Dodgers make it a run. So you can, uh, ch- check them out. The Angels have really been bad. Of course, USC football games coming up too. If you like UCLA, whatever, uh, go to sctickets.com and they will help you out. And, uh, coach, you know, I know you've been out there to practice since we last talked. Um, maybe kind of get a few of your thoughts of, you know, latest things you've seen, any kind of developments, just the coach's observations from practice. All right, Ryan, I'm glad you started it off that way because there's a lot of things I have noticed, and I mentioned them to you when I see you out there, and we talk about it a, a little bit, and you say, gosh, you're right, Coach, I didn't notice that. and Or I say, yeah, are you? I got it from you, or whatever, whatever the incident is, but I don't know if you mentioned these things or not. The first thing, Ryan, I want to thank USC and Coach Clay Helton or whoever's responsible for any type of team drill on the field, they have moved the players to the west side or to the opposite side of where the parents and the media stand. And now we can actually watch the entire scrimmage no matter where it is on the field. Before, 
all of the six 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 five players, six seven players, or whatever were lined up in front of us, and we can't move from our box, so we couldn't see a lot of the scrimmage out at the other end. So I want to thank them for that. I know that I mentioned that to you, and I don't know if you've mentioned it on the air or in a column or a podcast or whatever, but I want everybody to know that if you've been to practice before, it is now really convenient because you can watch the entire practice now because when they do scrimmage, the players are on the other side. Also, uh, I like to see everybody in the proper uniform. I like seeing everybody in the black shoes, the white shoelaces, and the white socks. That's what Coach Helton wants them in. At the beginning of uh, fall camp, a couple of the players uh, didn't do that. So I've been watching that as they go along, and now they are. So everybody is wearing what they're supposed to wear as far as the look of the Trojans and what the look is going to be, and there's no individuals. They look like a team out there as far as in their gear, as far as the way uh, they have announced they want to wear it. So I'm really happy to see that. Um as far as sled work with the offensive line, every practice I've been to, Coach Callaway has taken the offensive line down, and very seldom did I used to see them working on the seven-man sled. Very seldom did I see them driving the sled, and they'd go out and they'd go out and driving the sled and warming up with a good base and their head up and driving the football, driving the defensive player or the sled back. So I really liked that as far as part of the technique period that I see going on on the field. So uh, I like that. And also I like the uh, press conferences where you you tell people honestly uh, who's hurt, who's not hurt, and uh, who's going to be back or why they missed practice. Before it used to be, you know, you have to get it from the CIA or you'd have to get it, uh, well, we're not talking about our injuries or whatever. Now they tell you. Honestly, they tell you what's wrong. We lost somebody. Someone's going to be gone. It's just a little injury. He had the flu, whatever. And I think it's easier for the people out there in the media to report on why someone missed practice. I think also everybody's going to be academically eligible. I know people talk about that, but I'm sure that's going to be something that's positive. Everybody's going to be in school. So you always have that question mark. On will you have all your players? Will you be at full strength? If there's somebody on the bubble, does someone still have to take a, a uh, take a uh, test or something like that? So that's a positive thing to get these things all out of the way, so you can talk football and think football and get ready to play your opening game of the year. Now, one thing we talked about on the sideline, and I don't know if somebody has a question for this or not, but I've talked to you a lot about this. I have never been happy with the snapping of the football. And now it's become an issue where it's come to the front. You've heard me talk about it on the podcast and other shows. Uh, the ball dribbles back there. The ball never goes back at the same height or the same speed and never is in a spiral the way it should be. But all the timing of the offense comes off of the snap of the, of the center. And the, uh, you know, the quarterback can't be sitting there wondering, Am I going to get the ball or not get the ball? I've got to do my reads. I've got to do my fakes. I've got to do all the things I have to do. Now I have to worry about where the ball's going to be. So I think that they've got to work on that. And now uh, Coach uh, Helton is talking about that. And I think there's only one way to solve it, and that's always when you go to any type of drill, you practice it. You don't have a manager uh, spinning the ball back there perfect every single time. You bring a center up and you alternate them between the drills that are going down going on with the offensive line, and you put a nose guard on him, 
And every time he snaps the ball, someone tries to give him a headache. And that way, you get used to snapping the football with someone on your nose. And you make him step here and you make a step there. Or if it's a pass, you practice your pass block on the guy. Then it becomes an automatic thing, not just something that happens when you go to scrimmaging or when you go to team, but you haven't had somebody on your nose. So that's got to be part of practice whenever you're passing or doing certain things or taking the ball under center. You've got to be able to work with the center. But it all starts with the center and the quarterback. It all starts there. So you've got to be able to uh, get the play started properly before you do anything else. One last thing, I know I'm taking a long time, but you asked the questions, is uh, they've got to be more consistent of when you have pressure on you, a quarterback. Rather than just stop or, or take a sack, They've got to get used to throwing the ball out of bounds. It's a 10-yard game when, game when you throw the ball out of bounds and you don't get sacked. When you know you're getting sacked and you can't read the field any longer, throw the ball out of bounds. And it's got to be that way all the time. Don't force the ball. Don't throw a turnover. Don't get sacked. Throw the ball out of bounds. And there's somewhere near a receiver so you're not penalized. So I think that's got to be something that's practiced all the time, not just occasionally, but quarterbacks have got to get used to that, that it's not a sin to throw the ball out of bounds. So that's basically some of the thoughts I've seen so far. Most of them are positive. All of them are correctable, and I think that's a good sign. All right, good. Uh, I like that, Coach. Great observations from what you've seen in practice. Um, let's jump right into the questions, and we have – uh, Jeremiah in Escondido, um, he's worried. He says every day he's reading the fall camp reports, and every day it seems like a new player is injured. I thought this was due to a newfound physicality being displayed. However, I've been following the daily updates on Alabama, and they have not experienced nearly a, the amount of injuries. Does the coach have any insight as to why the Trojans have been a, unable to find a way to be physical without inflicting injuries? So, thanks so much for all you do, Jeremiah and Escondido. Well, Jeremiah, let me tell you, camp is a time where you do have injuries. You, you can't really, you've heard me talk about it all, all the time. You can't talk being physical. You've got to be physical. The only way you learn to be physical is play physical. And uh, sometimes these little tweaks, I call them tweaks, these little tweaks come about. Now, Malapii wasn't a tweak. He broke his clavicle. And, and uh, yes, that's a terrible thing to happen. But, again, it isn't a knee. It isn't something that... Uh, there's gonna, it's not career ending, uh, possible red shirt for him, which definitely I would be thinking right now and let him mature and get ahead academically and everything. So at this point, I don't think there's been anybody that hasn't had anything but a tweak except for him. Uh, a flu, a bug, a, a toe on Wheeler. I mean, these things are all gonna get patched up. They're all gonna be okay. So you're going to have a, a pulled hamstring. You're going to have a slight uh, uh, ankle injury because your body is getting used to being, being hit. Your body is used to now you haven't done this for a period of time, and you're going to, if you're going all out, you're going to have a little bit of these things happen. So I used to always uh, look over there and see how bad it was, and, and, and the trainer would always come over to me and, and tell me, say, Coach, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Say good, good, good. We'll give him my love, and uh, 
he'd be okay. So you're going to have tweaks, but it's the only way you get better as a football team. How do you get better as a football team unless you play football? And I believe that. And I really like the philosophy they're doing, ones against ones, and, and being physical and, and trying to, you know, go go against uh, the toughest guys they can find because Alabama's going to be a tough guy. You can't go against your number twos and scout teams and then all of a sudden face Alabama and get knocked backwards. you got to play on their side of the football. You always hear me saying about it, playing on their side, playing on their side. And they're talking about playing on their side of the line of scrimmage. I know they are defensively because they love to penetrate and get after you. So, you know, you're going to have these little tweaks. And as far as Alabama is concerned, can't worry about Alabama. Maybe Alabama's got a different uh, practice schedule. Maybe they're not hitting as much. I don't know the circumstances down there, but, you know, we're going to bring our guys, and you bring your guys, and, and this is whatever shows up or whatever we have, we're going to play you, and uh, our guys are going to step up, and I don't know, we hope your guys step up too, because then we got you have nothing to say so-and-so was hurt, or, you, you know, we're going to be ready to play. And I think that's exactly the... Uh, attitude that you got to have for coach clay helton and i think he's working towards that uh that little thing that little gasser thing he did last what it was a saturday you know uh because someone had a cell phone in a meeting uh, we can talk about that later if you want to yeah I, I mean i i don't think injuries are a huge concern right now and like you said coach um and we don't know a lot of what's coming out of alabama those aren't open so um i think it's hard to compare but yeah i, I I wouldn't say like a guy getting a little nicked up, like you said, is a huge concern as far as injuries go. Um, Neil from Manila, he wrote it. So we love the international questions. He said, would you agree that the defense as a unit and its proven scheme is better than the offense? And would the defense be enough to keep USC from getting blown out uh, every game? Thanks and fight on Neil in Manila. Well, let me put it to you this way. You can't leave the defense on the field the entire game, but I've always said if you don't get scored on, you can't lose, okay? So, and you've always heard the term defense wins championships. I think they do. I think you've got to really uh, depend on your defense, but you can't put them in a bad position by giving them poor, poor uh, field position. If you Until you figure it out, you've got to punt the ball, and you've got to be able to give them an opportunity to get a turnover, create a, a turnover for you where you have a shorter field as far as uh, marching the, the football to score. Uh, I think that great defenses make great offenses because you have an opportunity to have the ball more on offense when your defense stops a team, maybe three and out, three and out, or a couple of first downs and out. Well, then you have an opportunity more as an offense to have the football more. Now, you don't want to beat your defense down. You've got to be able to make first downs. You've got to give them a chance to rest. So you've got to consider that, too, because after a while, if they're on the field the entire time, they're going to get worn down. So I think defense is very important. I think that Clancy has a great scheme. I think that the kids are having fun. You've always heard me say, and if you've been a longtime listener, you have fun playing defense. Defense can be fun to play. You fly around. You like to play defense. You know, you like to get after people. You get excited on defense. It's really important. You have a different type of attitude if you're a defensive player. You're angry, but you're happy, and you're having fun, and you have confidence. On offense, it's more like playing chess. You know, if they do this, I do that. Now, if I, if I don't do this, he's got to listen to me. On the other side, i got to make my call. 
who's got this guy, who's got that guy, got it. I read. So it's more of a, uh, uh, more of not of an excitable thing, but it's things that you have to execute to make it happen. So, yeah, I think defense is so important. I think special teams are so important. And I think the offensive part of it really comes along later, but it takes longer to get your offense going. I think the defense is always ahead of offense in camp, preseason camp. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right, Coach. And I, the scheme-wise, and I know people were critical of Clancy Pendergast the last time. They said, well, UCLA, gave up, he gave up a lot of points. Arizona State, when uh, Kiffin, you know, <laughs> Like, give up a lot of points there. But I think overall, and I've said this a number of times, it's just, it seems like the type of athletes USC has, and it's, it's a deeper group than what he had in 2013. The type of athletes that he has, uh, it just seems to fit their attitude and their style of play and their, their physical makeup by being more aggressive. So I think forcing some negative plays instead of kind of waiting for them to happen will be a big benefit. Now, is that, I mean, I think, the team's probably more talented on offense than defense, and we were, we're not really sure what kind of scheme we're going to see. Well, we got some questions kind of about that too. But overall, I think the defense will be better served. They're going to give up some big plays. They'll make some mistakes. But I think overall the defense is going to be better served by being more aggressive every week. And we saw it last year when they were really aggressive against UCLA. It worked out really well. Um, and so, you know, I, I think I'm more optimistic that the defense scheme-wise as opposed to just, you know, going by player by player, scheme-wise should be better. No, I agree with you. Uh, I think the defense, uh, you know, you've got to have an attacking defense. Now, you don't attack all the time, but you've got to be able to let people wonder what you're going to do. Show different looks, get after people, show the blitz, don't blitz, show the stunt, don't stunt. Quarterback can't come up there with all the confidence. Oh, this is where they're in. I know what we got to do, blah, blah, blah. And you can have fun doing that as a player, too. And I think it's really exciting to play defense when you get after people and you play on their side of the ball and you make a big play and you make a sack or whatever. So, you know, uh, you know, some people, some people have different philosophies. My philosophy is more that type too. I like to man up, have great corners, have a great secondary. Know I've got to get to the guy, be able to play uh, the short route because that's what they're going to go with, the short route or the fade. You know, because they don't have a lot of time to throw the ball. But if you don't cover short when you go after people, remember, you can't get to a guy in two seconds. You can't get to a guy. you got to get to him in 3.5, but you can't get to a guy in two. So uh, it's a lot of fun. you got to mix it up uh, so they don't know what you're doing. But it's exciting when you have great players to play an attacking type of defense. And they should. So we'll, it'll be fun to watch that. Uh, let's go to Tarek. Who has surprised you in fall camp, Coach? Well, I think I told you the very first practice, the big tackle price, uh, I picked him out as my rookie of the year so far. I mean, he had the flu the other day, he didn't practice, but I'll tell you, he's coordinated, he gets around, and I think Clay Helton even said that. But I said it about four days before Clay did, or five days. I watched him, he, he's lateral, you know, he's got, he's coordinated for a guy 6'5", 6'6", 290 pounds. He seems to be, he pulls well. He doesn't make blocking mistakes. I really like this kid. I really think he is a great newcomer. And, of course, you know, we, we get, everybody's talking about them, the two defensive front guys, two uh, uh, small kids uh, that have just come in, the one from Utah, Stevie. I guess I'll call him Stevie, too, because I can't pronounce his last name and Josh. But uh, those guys bring maturity. 
One's from Long Beach City College, so he's played two years and uh, was an all-state player. And Stevie's been in the Pac-12. Stevie's played Michigan. Stevie's knows what it's all about. Stevie recovered four fumbles last year, two sacks. He's been around. He's 25 years old. He sort of, if you watch him at practice, he's sort of like the the dean of the defensive line, and he's just been at the pra- on the practice field four or five, nine days. Excuse me. I mean, they listen to him. He, he grabs them, pull over here, do all this over here. Uh, and they listen to him because they have respect for him. He's not a talker, doesn't yell or scream, doesn't jump up and down, but just does his job. And when he, somebody just does his job, you get the sense of feeling he's done this before. He's not that excited because he made a tackle. It's just his job. So I think he really brings a presence to the defensive side of the football, especially the young defensive line. All right. Well, let's. Uh, I think our last topic today, Coach, is going to be about the quarterback position. Uh, so Derek wrote in from Redondo Beach, my neighbor to the south here. He says, enjoy the shows. Thanks for the reporting. I've heard Coach Hyde constantly mention how he have named Max Brown the starter, even going back to the end of spring camp. He stated that because their competition has been nearly even and or extremely close, that Max has put in the time and quote-unquote deserves to be the guy. I really like Coach Hyde, but I have to disagree with him here. If you want to look at what successful quarterbacks at the next level have in common, you wouldn't find the phrase deserves to be anywhere in their bio. Tom Brady was snubbed by USC, was buried in the depth chart at Michigan, and fell to the fifth round. I think it was the sixth round, actually. Uh, Russell Wilson was basically shown the door by NC State and fell three rounds in the draft despite having quarterback stats better than most first-round guys. Aaron Rodgers wasn't recruited at all, played at JC, and wasn't really recruited after two years there. Uh, and then his famous draft day fall. Big Ben had to play college football at Miami of Ohio, not Ohio State. Drew Brees wasn't heavily recruited out of high school, and the Chargers let him walk. I'm pretty sure Peyton Manning, quote-unquote, deserved the opportunity to finish his career in Indy. We know what happened there. But the Colts snub uh, is probably part of what fueled Peyton to multiple Super Bowls and some of his statistically best uh, seasons post-neck surgery. I'm just saying all these great quarterbacks have had to earn every minute on the field. They never got the, quote, he deserves it, benefit of the doubt. This competition might just be the best thing that ever happened to Max Brown. Love to hear your and Coach Hyde's thoughts on this. Derek in Redondo Beach. Derek, I'll tell you, you're right on it, buddy. I'm saying that only because he's been around, and if it's completely equal, I'm using that term, if everything is completely equal, then because of his uh, experience and because of his age and because of him being there, then I'd say give it to him for that because of that reason. But if he's not the best, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, you know, uh, I haven't said this, but, you know, let me just – put this into people's thoughts because I've had it in my mind for a period of time. The offense itself fits Sam Darnold better than Max Brown. Now people are going to say, oh my gosh, what's he saying here? Calm down. I'm just saying <laughs> when you have an offense that really requires a athletic running quarterback, it adds so much to your offense. I mean, if you've been to practice, you see Sam running the football, you see him bootleg out and it holds the backside. If you're not going to run the football with your quarterback with this offense, the whole defense ignores you. They don't worry about your fake. They don't worry about your read. The defense, they just stop the run portion, but you don't intimidate them as a runner. 
Now you watch Sam at practice. You know he's running the ball up the middle of the field. He's running the ball. He's now you don't have to do it twenty times a game, but if you do it five or six times a game, they got to play it. They got to play that this guy's got enough ability to run the football. 15, 20, 30 yards to make a big play on us. So you've got to be able to have that in your offense if you're going to run this this offense. And Sam does that better than Max. Nothing against Max, but if you look at the offense and you say, what quarterback, you change jerseys, you put them in different jerseys, you don't know who they are, and you run the offense, I would think his skills fit this offense, possibly better than Max. Now, if Max's parents are listening, I'm not criticizing your son. I'm just looking at the offense itself. I think they have to run Max, even if he's not maybe as talented as an athlete running the football, it'll make him a better passing quarterback because he won't have as much pressure. He'll be able to throw better. He'll have different things that as what is a part of the offense. So if you look at the offense out there and how it's set up, and you've heard me talk about that with all the past three or four years with this offense. It doesn't fit the quarterback that they basically are doing. They have pro-style quarterbacks. But Sam brings a different dimension to the offense that they're currently running. Just like when you see it, Brian, I think you saw it on goal line the other day when you were right there. I don't know if I was standing with you or not, but when they got in the eye, on the ability of Justin Davis, Jones, and these guys to be able to find the open spot when they broke straight ahead, and they, they used their athletic ability to find the seam. Sometimes when you're running laterally, it's hard to find the seam. So, you know, I always like the eye formation and for different running plays and not to have tendencies, but give your gifted athletes a chance to say, I used to tell my offensive line, just tie. Don't destroy them. Just tie and let the athletic ability of your running backs make the difference. So I hope I explained that properly to you, and I appreciate the call. And I uh, just thought, I'd, you know, what more can I say on it? Yeah, no, I agree with you, Coach. I think that if it's a close battle, just looking at football ability, and, and you have to take into consideration so many factors. We're watching what's going on in the field. There's a lot going on in the meeting rooms. Um, and like you mentioned, scheme wise, if they do want to do, if they want to have the, the quarterback be more mobile and that's a bigger part of the offense, then that gives, you know, a little edge towards Sam. Does it like, oh, you have to name him the starter? No, but it's just, if you're looking at pros and cons or, you know, kind of giving each guy a rating, that would be something that goes into, you know, Sam's box, his plus category. But if, if most things are equal on the field and all that other kind of stuff, then I think that there's, there's, Plus category, plus things for for Max that he's been there a while, that he's taken a college snap before, um, that you know that he has paid his dues and worked around, and that he potentially could still transfer. I think you have to consider all of those things. So, if it's something where it's really close, that you know that maybe it's a little bit of edge towards Sam, that those other factors, the the X factors for Max, would kind of put him back over the top. I think that's more of what you were saying and really kind of what, what I was saying. Um, but there's other factors for Sam Darnold too, where, I mean, that you could say that's completely, you know, political. Uh, you say Max stuff is political that he could transfer or whatever. You could lose a, a, an actual quarterback and there's reasons to keep him. But there's political reasons you would want to name Sam Darnold the starter too. 
that if you're a brand new head coach like Clay Helton is, um, do you get more leash because you named a redshirt freshman quarterback and you're going to get a little bit more time because you can say every press conference if you struggle, you know, we went with Sam. We thought he was the best choice. He is a redshirt freshman and he's learning on the job. So it's, there's going to be some growing pains. I mean, that's something that you can use to buy some more time too. So I think there's a lot of factors and it's going to depend on what is the main priority for Clay Helton and the coaching staff. If his main priority is, Hey, he wants someone in that can be athletic and run the football, big advantage towards Sam, uh, and some of the other factors we mentioned. So I think it's not just about, Hey, who has the strongest arm? Who has the best vision? All that kind of stuff. There's just so many other factors. And unless you're in the head of Clay Helton and know what his highest priorities are, I think it's going to be hard to say. We're just kind of giving you our observations from what we watched. And I agree with coach. If all things being equal and it's close, the, the political factors, a lot of them seem to, you know, are pointing towards Max's way. Okay, Ryan, one more thing I forgot to say at the beginning of the show before we say goodbye, unless you have another question or something. You've always heard me talking about draw plays, draw plays, draw plays in the, in the offense. I've yet to see a draw play so far in the fall. Now, I don't know if they're waiting, but I think to have a complete passing game type of offense, you've got to be able to hold the linebackers to be able to throw behind them. And if you have some type of fake draw, run a draw occasionally, I think that's really going to help the Trojan offensive side of the football. So, I'm looking forward to seeing if that series, some type of draw series, is put in to, to help slow down the rush of the opponent and also throw off of it as far as fake the draw, get the linebackers to step up, and then throw to the tight ends or your big tight ends, with, which are pretty good receivers that USC has. So why not put them in space where people have a chance or in the seams with your linebackers stepping up to be able to, you know, take advantage of them as a receiver. So, uh, that's basically what I didn't uh, bring into the thoughts of the early segment of this, of this podcast. Coach, we do have one more question, but before that on the draw play, when you're in the pistol and you're in the shotgun, a lot of the handoffs kind of look like draws, right? Because it looks like it's going to be a pass and they just kind of hand it off to the, the running back right next to you. So it's almost like, a, hey, I'm going to pass. fake. Oh, no, here we go. I hand it off. So it seems like some of those are like, maybe you don't have a draw play specifically, but the nature of the handoffs from the pistol and, and, and the shotgun sometimes look like a draw. Yeah, it does. It does. But uh, it depends, you know, just I always felt you have to have a good draw series. You have to have a draw. And you have to have, we used to have three draws, trap draw, all times of different draws. And we used to have draw pass and throw different routes. Curl routes especially are great against draw, draw series because the linebackers step up and the receivers find the open area. And then draw screen, I thought was always great. You fake the draw, you get people to step in there, and then you throw off the draw. So there's different ways of, of doing it. And I know what you're saying when you're in the pistol. Uh, you got to do that type of stuff. And it, you get that little read. It's all play-action pass, really what they're doing, right? Yeah. And it's all play-action pass. And we'll see if they get to a real passing uh, situation maybe with – I don't know. We'll wait and see. All right, well, last one, Eric and Duck Country. It's on the quarterbacks as well. He said, in the spring – the coaches were saying that Max Brown understands the game better than Sam Darnold. Have you noticed Max or Sam calling audibles at the line of scrimmage? I would assume that Max can read the defense better pre-snap and adjust the play accordingly. Uh, seniority and years in the system aside, shouldn't this ability trump Sam's physical talents? I'm excited to see what Sam can do after Max goes pro. Uh, thanks, Eric and Duck Country. Well, I haven't seen them really run a, a 
check with me series yet. Now, maybe they've worked on it. You know, I haven't listened to everything or been in their meetings. But you have a check with me type of thing, too. You don't call a play. You just call a formation. and You, you, you call a snap count. And you go out and you see if it's a run. You, you see what defense they're in. And you, you call a play. Or the same thing with a pass. You know, call a formation. Get up there. Check with me. And the quarterback audibleized that. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen him numbering or, or saying, you know, uh, 22, 22, blue 22, or any of that type of stuff. I haven't, haven't seen any of that. And, uh, but who knows? Uh, maybe they'll go to that. I know they worked Saturday with loud, loud speakers and so on, so that in crowd type of situations they can communicate uh, to everyone on what play they want to run and make sure everybody gets off on the ball because they can't hear the snap count. But I don't see, like in the old days, where you could say it's on two or on three or or on on the snap, you know, on color, whatever we used to say, you more or less see a rhythm of always being on the same snap count. I don't see them saying, hut one, hut two, hut two. I don't see that anymore like we used to, to sort of slow down the front of the defense. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're doing it. But I haven't noticed that. All right, Coach. Well, good stuff. Uh, We look forward to seeing you out there. Again, a practice. I took a few days off. I was uh, in Tennessee for a wedding. So uh, I got to catch up. I'm going to go to Fall Camp Central on uscfootball.com. You can do that, too. If you miss anything, go to our Fall Camp Central page, and uh, they'll definitely hook you up. So if you, it's uh, all of our articles on one page. So if you go to the Football tab on uscfootball.com, uh, I'm sorry, go to the More tab, and it's under Fall Camp Archives. So you can see all the great stories there. So we put all our videos up, all the photos all the stories and uh, catch up there. But I look forward to seeing you out there again, Coach, and we'll we'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks again, Ben. Everyone out there, thank you for checking in with us and giving us these questions because it uh, makes us sharper too. Yeah, we love we love hearing all the questions. A lot of good stuff. We get to hear what you guys want to, you know, we get to talk about what you want to hear about. So that's, uh, we always enjoy that. So that's Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. I'm Ryan Abraham, publisher of uscfootball.com. Follow me at Inside Troy. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. We'll have Dan Weber on again. We do need to get a recruiting one in, so I will try to squeeze one of those in this week as well with Gerard Martinez. Send us any questions, podcast at uscfootball.com, and we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287, that's 1-800-888-7287, or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 